In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. This is the No Off Days podcast, the Nod Pod. Chris Cato alongside, and we, we dial back the humidity for like a day, and you've already got a long sleeve flannel on. You're looking like a tablecloth over there, my friend. You're ready for fall. I'm trying to force fall upon us here in Florida, and it's not working. I put this on, I step outside, and it's like I'm on the surface of Venus again. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here, but I need a, a pumpkin spice latte and a leaf blower, I think, and I'm good to go. I've, I've just recently uh, come to understand that they have an iced uh, pumpkin spice yeah, latte. That's the, know, that's the one I went with. Yeah, okay. it's a game changer. So you did it today? Was that today? I did that one yesterday, <laughs> okay. yeah. Nice. We I, need to get your beard going, too. Yeah, well, this is it. Okay. It's, it's grown out, can't you tell? Yeah, it's, it's flush. Yes, <laughs> very nice. Um, it, well, it kind of fits with the programming that we have on today's podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot of college football because, um, well, we just got done through the first real week. And I'm going to bring BK in here. And, uh, you know, I think we just get this out of the way right out of the gates because we have some, you know, a little bit of intel now after a week, technically two weeks of actual football games. So I'm going to do like a quick buy or sell. You want to do that? Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. All right, let, let me fire this at you. Uh, all college football related. All right, let's start with our local teams. Buy or sell USF? Me, I'll go. I'll say I'll buy. You know, good first game. It wasn't the, the ending that the, that Golish wanted, but, you know, it's, it's positive steps. I'll buy. They look better. They look like they can tackle. Yeah. Yeah. The offense was impressive. I uh, like Byron Brown. I mean, he seems like he can he can do a lot of different things, and he's only going to get more comfortable. So, based on what we've seen in recent years, I'm buying as well. Uh, UCF. I'll buy. Uh, just what we expected, I think, right? They came out and blew the doors. Kent State was good last year, but they lost their coach. So, I'm not sure. Again, week one. You don't know exactly what you're getting, but they did everything that you wanted to see them do playing now at that level in the Big 12. Bye. And Plumlee just looks like he's got complete control of that offense. Oh, yeah. So it, it is, uh, yeah, I'm complete buy on that as well. Yeah, I'm curious to see what Plumlee's going to do against those Big 12 defenses. I mean, that dude has just got some wheels. Um, yeah, yeah. Florida. Ooh, I, I will, I'll, God, I, I'll sell. Just because the, the, how can you at this point have two, I mean, of all the coaches that, that he has, that, I mean, it's the largest coaching staff in, in may evolve football. Have you, have you seen that picture, by the way? It's, Their uh, team photo? Yes. No. It is hilarious. Yeah. It, it's like two-thirds of the individuals there are part of the There's a the coach staff. for every two players. But the, <laughs> Yeah, but they had the two players of the same number on a, on a punt. And they cost they them a first down. How it's could that happen? I know. Yeah. But, that's, that's for, just, yeah. uh, I, but for that reason, I'm still a buyer, and Florida fans are already jumping off a cliff. I told you this would happen with Billy Napier. Like, yeah. lose a couple games, they're going to get too impatient. Okay, you shot yourself in the foot the whole game. You get to the red zone. You fumble. Oh, so many pre-snap penalties, nine penalties at crucial times. You're at fourth and one, and then you take a false start. You were going to go for it on fourth and one, take a false start, miss a chip shot field goal. It's there. Uh, Graham Mertz looked pretty good, I thought. Got to be a, great, yeah. I thought. But that's as good as he's going to play. That's it. That is. That's the well, top. Well, I, I don't think so play. because you know? I think they won't. They should not have to ask him to throw the ball 44 times. They've got to run the ball, which 20, 21 attempts for 13 yards, not necessarily getting it done. But that Utah defense is come on. That's a front Utah seven. Utah defense is good, and their offense was better with those two quarterbacks that they used than than I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, without Cam Rising. But for the reasons you kind of first initially laid out, I'm, I'm selling right now. Just just in terms of the progress that we really hoped to see, kind of like the, our greatest hope for the Florida Gators this season probably wasn't a, a playoff appearance. But 
I just I think it's going to be a little bit slower out of the gate and some of those things that when it comes to discipline, uh, I, I'd expect to see out of the gates. Didn't um, Florida State as a playoff contender, buy or sell? Oh, I'm completely buying that. That that that's a legit team right there. Buy, especially when I factor in how Clemson may look. Yeah. All right. Well, Clemson <laughs> as a playoff contender, no, just or? Clemson straight up. Oh, I'm still buying. Clemson straight up. I, I don't think that was a – it was similar to Florida. They shot themselves in the foot. Many, five cracks at the end zone from the two-yard line you don't get in. Yeah, right. Some brutal fumbles in the red zone. I mean, it was a worst-case scenario. I'm not sure Klubnik's the guy, though, man. Yeah, I'm not either, but his third start. Yeah. Garrett Riley will get that straight. Exactly. Back. All right, yeah. so you're buying, you're selling uh, Clemson. Is, I don't know if Brian's selling Clemson. No, I'm, I'm buying. He's okay. a buyer. I'm, buying. I'm fine with Clemson. I'm remember how bad I'm LSU looked last year after the Florida State game? Yep. And then they, they cruise. I think the same thing with Clemson. Okay, I'm not going to say they're going to make the playoff, but, you know, they're, they're okay, not but that think bad. about what um, when we're talking about buying or selling, it's like think about it as a stock. Like, mm-hmm. if you buy now, whatever at whatever price point you're getting Clemson at, are you going to get are you going to make money oh, off of it? I think, so, yeah, okay. they're, lo- they're low now, right? This is the time to buy. Yeah. I mean, I, you, I think they're still going to be top 25. I mean, they're not they're not bottoming out. Don't ask goals. me. I bought crypto. So. Um, <laughs> Jordan Travis as Heisman, buy or sell? I will sell. There's no way you can play that many plays throughout the entire season. There was it's some, impressive there was some, what There he was did. a couple shaky plays in there, but, man, uh, he's got so many weapons around him, it's hard not to buy. Right. But I mean, there's no way you can keep that up. Which, that, tra- which Travis are you talking about? Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. I think he's I'm, still thinking I'm Travis sorry. Hunter. Oh, he says that many plays. My mistake. Okay. I kept yeah. waiting yeah. for Florida State. Uh, Jordan Travis, I'll buy him. Yeah. Yeah, buy him. Okay. Like you said, weapons and love the play calling. We could do this all day. Uh, Colorado to have a Heisman rep in New York. Buy or sell? Hmm. I will buy. Really? Yeah. I like um, Shador Sanders. If he continues just putting up those numbers and definitely i'm buying two but I, i'm i think i'm going travis hunter i've seen that's the one i would go with i've seen too many september heismans awarded though throughout the years and as you just alluded just, to just just he has to make an appearance in okay in he's on the podium uh, <laughs> he's there all right okay you forced me to buy and, and you get one of the two but we're buying it at a high level right, right now no, we're buying low you, you said to buy low i think we're buying low okay. i think we are I don't buying know. low. I uh chris's uh, oregon state uh, cfp pick I'm buying. Really? I yes, I got him. one. I got one on <laughs> board. Go Beavers. He's such a snake looks, oil salesman. No, Beavers. That team Beavers. looks legit. I mean, it's yeah. San Jose State, but holy cow. Yeah, yeah. San Jose State. San Jose State's State. not bad. Yeah, they are. Um, <laughs> all right, Matt Rule, Nebraska. His his reign in Nebraska. Lost to Minnesota. I'll buy. I'll buy that just because it's it's low. Yeah. And he's got no place to go but up. And that, Matt Rule's got a proven track record. He'll get that team turned around. And it's this season, maybe not. But, yeah, I'll, I'll buy Matt Rule right now. I'll buy, but you got to bench Jeff Sims. Okay. Awful. Okay. Um, and then my last one, uh, Tennessee to threaten UGA in the East. Buy or sell? Cato. <laughs> threaten in what terms? Play a close game? Threaten because, for, no, threaten yeah. for the East. Okay. I'll buy that they're a threat. I don't think it's happening, but I'll buy that they're a threat. <laughs> yeah. you buy that? Uh, yeah, I'm selling. You're okay. selling? Yeah, I'll, I'm selling. I'll, I'll buy, if they're, uh, I guess, just because that maybe Georgia's sliding a little bit. I mean, okay. a lot of distractions this team's having. They had a distraction this weekend, okay. one of the staff members. And, yeah, you know, yeah. If, if they slide back to the pack some, maybe, but it's still Georgia's division. All right, very good. Uh, BK, what do we have on today's program? We've got a great show today. 
surfing. We haven't done surfer at all in this podcast. That's right. Have we? Our audience has been waiting. When is the surfing episode? Yeah, yeah. yeah they've waiting had. for high tide. <laughs> it's finally here. We've got Andrew Cotton. I don't know if you, anybody's heard of him. This guy is incredible. If you've seen some of the video, you can go to YouTube right now. Well, after the podcast and see <laughs> some of his videos. It's insane what this guy does, and these surfers are just pure athletes too. So uh, He's it'd a be big fun wave to see. surfer. Yeah, can I can I flex here a little? Yeah. I did. I I uh, fell in love with this HBO series, 100 Foot Wave. These guys ride waves. Now they haven't caught the 100 foot one yet. That's what it's about. It's the Kawabunga from down under. But these guys are riding these things. They're as tall as an eight-story building, and it yeah. is incredible and very interesting. Dude, he's from the UK, so great accent too. I think oh, you'll like it. Yeah, that's a bonus. All right. Very good, BK. Uh, and then at the, end, at the end of the show, what do we and have? And just keep it with the surfing theme. How about some surfing terms? I'll test your surfing knowledge. Oh, okay. You know, Scott, you're you're West Coast uh, guy, so you should have an advantage. Well, this. you th- you would think that, but I didn't watch the HBO special. Yeah, so. I do have an advantage there. Is it HBO or Netflix? HBO Max. Okay. Oh. Very good. <laughs> you know, we do we do need to get our streaming services straightened out here. Well, we'll do that too. momentarily. <laughs> All right. Thanks, BK. Thanks a lot. We'll catch up with you in a minute. If you're listening, you want to watch, go to fox13news.com/slash nodpod. If you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe, take out your phone, zap that QR code on the bottom right hand corner of the screen, and you can find all of our shows. Uh, I would say it's time to buy on this podcast because you know if you buy today, not only will you get the podcast, but I'll throw in a Ronco Chopomatic, a Popeil Pocket Fisherman, and you know what? If you scr- subscribe within the next 24 hours, I'm going to get you Ronco's GLH. Great looking hair. That's hair in a can. All of that in the next 24 hours if you buy. Please wow. subscribe. Fox13news.com slash Nodpod. All right, let's start with our subscribing services. Uh, we're going to go off the field a little bit. On Thursday, obviously, it came to everybody's attention when everybody was around here was tuning in for the Gator game that ESPN had had cut off relationships with uh, with the, the carrier service of Spectrum, which is Charter. Right. Uh, so they're in contract negotiations, and so I'll, let me just lay it out as as we kind of see it now. Right. So Charter is moving to a only broadband kind of model that's where they are going and so for all their video services they don't want to overpay for espn now all these fans are just up in arms and you know the spectrum has you know if you go to their channel of espn where it used to be uh, it'll say hey if you want to lodge a complaint then you can do that and here's where you go but i was under the assumption chris that this was a more of a power move on disney's part you know that they can just tick up that asking price as much as they want and because we all want college football we all want to see our live sports that 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 charter or spectrum is willing to pay that money after kind of reading through some of the details it seems like the that it's charter that's actually in the power seat here because all they really care about is their broadband and they don't want to have to pay too much and disney could stand to lose what's the number here they could stand to lose about 8 million subscribers. So 15, yeah. t- 15 million total subscribers to Spectrum across the country. And about half of those, people estimate, are people that would actually Hardcore care about Hardcore football fans. ESPN. They got it, yeah. So if, if Disney loses half of that pool, that's that's like a billion dollars yeah. in revenue. So And if Charter's saying, look, people are pro- they, they may go away from Spectrum Cable. But they're not going to change their their internet provider, most likely. So all we're saying is, hey, we're not going to pay that price, but we will still push people to all the apps, and you can use our internet to get all the apps. Yeah. Did I lay it out? Yeah, I did. I think that's the logic, and I also 
I think you and I talked about this last night. You know, these um, carrier disputes are usually what happens. Someone caves or there's a negotiation, a compromise. This is a different animal, it seems like. This is charter-driven. Charter's got a different business model, and ESPN's on the hook here. Um, now, I did read that Bob Iger, uh, Disney CEO, was already considering making ESPN just a subscription-only service. Like, you know, just do away with having these cable providers carry our product and maybe this is what pushes them to that maybe this is that final thing my thing is i just hate it at, with the timing obviously that's part of the strategy here but it is going to force a lot of people to dump charter or spectrum in our area charter owns spectrum here um and you're talking 15 million people and again charter banking on well you'll stay with us for broadband i don't know that that's the case i mean in my household we're not going to do that, you know. We've got mm. uh, Verizon as a broadband provider as well where you can get ESPN Plus and Disney bundled. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I just uh, don't think this is going to be resolved as quickly as a lot of people assume it might. You wonder how far down this could go and could it affect the the contracts that are being, these massive contracts that are being offered to conferences because of all this TV revenue. If it really does affect Disney's bottom line in a substantial way, does that affect their negotiating uh, that's a good point power so I, I kind of equated it the other day you know when i initially bristled at the fact that like spectrum is trying to push people to logic play it's kind of like me going to my favorite restaurant because they have a chef that cooks something that i really like and then them saying well he no longer works here we couldn't figure out the money he's at a restaurant down the street but you here's your here's his cell phone number if you want to call him and try to fight for him to come back my only obligation is to eat food here. Yeah, it's only to watch TV in this in this analogy. So you know, I'm not going to be lobbying on behalf of two giant you know companies to try to work things out. I just want to go where my chef is, right? I'm gonna yeah. find I'm gonna find a way to get it. So. But if your chef's there and the only thing he's not providing is that, let's use your what's your uh, taco bell, your taco pizza? Is that your yeah, Mexican pizza? Your Mexican pizza, yeah. yeah. He's he's there. He's just not giving you the Mexican pizza you need. So what are you gonna do? Then you might be more inclined to just lean on him and say, hey, 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 buddy, what would it cost me to? Get you to put that back on the menu. Okay. A couple more bucks. All right. I'll throw that into my equation, but uh, <laughs> I probably should stop eating Mexican pizzas. That's what my internal voice would say. Um, right, moving on to another off-field issue, but, of course, it's connected to college athletics, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, is at the NIL. And this is kind of like this wild, wild west, what's happening, and it's shaping recruiting and how players are, are going to prospective schools based on these collectives that pool money and then they are obviously compensating student athletes uh, for their talent and uh, there is now a new NIL legislation that's going through it's called the Fair College Sports Act and so I'm going to try to summarize this and we'll see if this is over the target Chris if this is closer to where you think it ought to be so for the last four years, there's been a dozen pieces of, of legislation that has been introduced um, and no bill has gone anywhere. So this draft actually prohibits collectives from entering into NIL deals with athletes until they are enrolled at school in 90 day, for 90 days. So that, that's one big difference. Uh, it also outlaws tampering with other teams. So we've seen that take place. You can't obviously. tamper with their athletes. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it also, I think, is the most intriguing part. It creates a public-facing database, database for all the figures. So if you want to know, like, which collectives 
are giving what kind of money to where like it's all public information this is going to be something that it, they have to go through a registration process the collectives would be forced to disclose the registry of donors so that kind of pulls back the curtain a little bit on what is maybe currently going on right uh, it also does some other things that prohibits like you know agents from signing agreements with athletes until after they've been enrolled for 45 days in school um, but you know it it does to me seem like okay they're starting to get a handle on it. They're policing it a little bit. I know that college coaches are concerned with the tampering effects, and this seems to address that. Do you, are yeah. you in favor of what you've heard so far? There are some things about this I really like. I like the no tampering aspect of it. I also like uh, what you mentioned there is an athlete has to be enrolled at school for 90 days before he can sign a collective deal, 45, 45 days before an agent, 90 days, three months before he can sign one of these he or she can sign one of these collective deals i like that aspect because i think that may limit some of the damage the transfer portal has caused you know mm -hmm. guys may not uh, be so quick to hop to a different program if they get into a school and see that uh oh i'm not going to be starting i'm not in the starting lineup let me hop back in that portal i think this may calm some of that down which you know as we've talked before this all kind of blew up when you had NIL legislation come in at the same time the NCAA dropped the uh, rule where you had to sit out if you transferred. So this is like instant free agency with no no guardrails. Right. So I do like that this may cut down on some of that. What I don't like is uh, that this does, at least this version of the bill, Gus Bilirakis, hello, shout out Pasco County, our, our local representative here. Um, this gives the NCAA some teeth and we've talked many times about how the ncaa is basically when it comes to football basically a useless entity right now yeah. it's just not able to really enforce anything states have created their own laws that basically say uh no matter what the ncaa says you can still do this with a collective in our state okay so this would give the ncaa enforcement power I don't like that because I don't think the NCAA has done a good job when it did have control and did have enforcement power of really leveling fair, uh, timely, uh, efficient justice in whatever the situation is. I want, as we see this growing pain college football is going through, let's face it, we're heading to some sort of super conference, uh, minor quasi pro form where we need a commissioner. We don't need an NCAA. We don't need more government. It's funny that this is a Repu largely Republican-sponsored bill, and they're creating a, kind of another independent, if you want to call it, branch of government to oversee this. I don't really like that part of it. I, let me follow up because I, I wasn't quite sure if this— uh, so would the, would the NCAA be enforcing the already on-the-book state laws, or are no. they uh, this would, superseding laws? Yes. Oh, this would preempt state law. So everybody's the same. Right. Everyone's so the like same. If Texas has these mm -hmm. really loose NIL deals and Florida doesn't. Right. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Which seems which seems like a good idea, right? You, you want an, as even a playing field as possible. I know? just see when it, under this system, if the NCAA can um, create rules that are consistent with this act, this new law, if it does get enacted, they can create rules that are consistent with this, then they can declare athletes ineligible if they are perceived to violate this rule. But I just see that getting murky, like, oh, this athlete didn't, you know, did he sign with an agent before the 45 days? Did he not? I, I just, I don't know. Um, here's what I do know. Congress does nothing fast. Right. And a lot of coaches, especially as we enter the fall too. Right. A lot of administrators are hoping that this gets through 
before the presidential election because we know everything will slow down next year, and I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Yeah, no, it could be could be entering uh, a big stalemate and all the stuff that we've just discussed will be just in another example. Like I mentioned before, the eight previous kind of bills that had been drafted that went nowhere. None of them got out of committee. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe, was it eight? Was it four? It was. Yeah, it was, there was a yeah. handful. So anyway, I, we need a commissioner. That's what it's going to come to. Yeah, uh, that, that may be where it, it ends up. I'll, I'll right. put my name in the hat. Speaking of ending up, we've now back in the end. <laughs> is it well compensated? Would you make Roger Goodell money? <laughs> You could. You might be on par uh, in a few years. Um, well, so we're going to be wrapping up our division previews in the NFL today, and we're, we're landing here in the NFC South, so uh, saving our hometown Buccaneers for last. Um, so let's, let's see uh, how this thing plays out this season. Would you like me to start, or would you like to kick it off? Yes, I would like you to start because okay. I lost my place, but I you would also – I saw you scrolling. Do you so. want to go back and forth, or yeah, are you go just going to throw out all of yours, just scatter shot, and let me deal with the carnage? Um, I, I like the second there, but uh, <laughs> let's go Let's go one at a time. So okay. uh, coming in last place, this was tough, and, and I do think the NFC South is going to be a better division this year. How could they not be? Um, but – it's it's tough because they all seem so clumped together. They all kind of seem in that same tier of kind of middle of the road. They could be bad. They could surprisingly have some good pieces. Um, so here's my best to parse it up. I, I got the Falcons coming in last. They finished okay. seven and ten last year. Um, I, you know I like the fact that they drafted Bijan Robinson. He's kind of like the the guy that everybody thinks was going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think they do have playmakers in Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Uh, their defense was really bad last year, and they did add a lot of guys through free agency, Jesse Bates, David Omanyata, um, Caden Ellis, so, uh, even Calais Campbell, but he's kind of closing in on 40 years old. They've added some pieces to bolster what was a really bad defense last year. Is it enough? That's my question. And my biggest question mark is around Desmond Ritter. I, yeah. I just I don't know if he's the guy. I mean, he played. he started four games last year, and he went two and two. And he started to get better throughout the season. He didn't turn mm -hmm. the ball over, which is – that's promising. I think he only threw one touchdown. Um, but it, is he going to be the guy that is, is able to deploy all this kind of young weaponry around this offense? I'm not sold on him. And uh, because it's a small sample size, I got him coming in last. Okay. Uh, I've got the Panthers last. Um, hmm. I didn't want to do that. Okay, can I just say these last two weeks we picked the AFC South – last week and the NFC South this week. This is just a crapshoot. I mean, we. It is. <laughs> uh, th this is a division that the Bucks won last year at eight and nine, right? And we could easily have another division winner that doesn't have a winning record. Um, so I see a lot of six, six, seven, eight win teams here, except for my number one one. Uh, but the Panthers, I trust Frank Reich. I believe he's a good hire. I believe he's a good coach. I believe Bryce Young is the right draft pick. Uh, I don't no, they don't have what I would like to see at receiver yet. I mean, you, you know, they lose DJ Moore. They sign Adam Thielen, who's turning 33 before the season starts. They've got DJ Chark, who's kind of up and down. Drafted Jonathan Mingo. We don't know what he is. Their defense last year was not good, and they so they I get it. Their defense was actually decent. You know, they were like bottom of the league in pass efficiency. At they were um, they were average. They were average, but not great. They they were not efficient in getting pressure on the quarterback. They get, um, what is it, Averro from the Broncos, who did have a great defense last year to correct it, but they didn't add any talent to it. Um, Deion yeah. Jones and Von Bell. I've got under seven wins Okay. for the Colts. 
Uh, that's probably uh, about. Did I say the Colts? The Panthers. The, the Panthers. Yeah. You're thinking Frank Wright. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Different team in blue. Yeah. Um, I got Panthers as my third team, um, okay. and for many of the reasons that you laid out, you know, I like the addition of Miles Sanders in their backfield. I think that's going to help the running game. I like Bryce Young a lot. Uh, his offensive line is a little bit of a concern to me. Um, so I do like Frank Reich. I think he's going to get things moving in the right direction. I just don't think it's going to be a year one turn. So I got them coming in third. Okay. Uh, I've got third, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm, in third. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, send your emails to Chris.Cato. Okay. I don't want to get caught up in, uh, you know, local <laughs> no, homerism I here. No, I, I I, 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 again, this division, the Bucks could finish first. I don't know. But um, these are the reasons I have them third. It's, it's mainly that do we get the early Cleveland version of Baker or the Panthers version of right. Baker? That's a huge question. And in, with a new offensive coordinator again in his career, even though I do think Dave Canales is going to work out in the long term. But again, Dave Canales, we've talked about it many times, calling plays for the first time. And I don't care what any coach tells you. The OCs that have done it a long time will tell you it's bumpy at first. Yeah. It's going to be bumpy there in the beginning. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Weapons are still good, but I'll believe it. I'll believe the Bucks are a contender when I'll, I see if they can run the ball. And we should know that fairly early in the season. Yeah. If, if they can run, if that offensive line has got to be better than it was last year, if they can block and Rashad White has a good season and that will help Baker out a lot. If they can run the ball, I wouldn't put them third. I just don't know that they're going to be able to. Defense, great personnel. Had the same personnel pretty much last year on a team that lost nine games. So, I don't know. So uh, I, I think the last point you hit on is why I have the Bucks second in the division, and that's because I think that their defense is a sleeper D that's going to be outstanding this year. I think they're going to be really good. Uh, I do like their, their playmakers. I think they have some young guys up front that are going to be better now that they're a little bit more seasoned. I think the back end of their defense is as, as good on paper as there is in the league. Um, I love Antoine Winfield Jr. I love Vita Vea as the plug in the middle. I think Cansey, even though we have not seen him, just what I've seen from him on tape in college and what I've heard about him, I, I think he's going to have a fantastic rookie season if he can get that calf straightened out. Um, but I like the Bucks coming in second. You know, the Baker Mayfield thing, look, he has every incentive to ball out this year. Yeah. I mean, this is really, for him on a one-year, $4 million contract, this is his opportunity to show that, that he is still a viable starter in this league. I like this offense for him. I agree that Dave Canales is a, is a first-time play caller, first-time offensive coordinator. It, there are question marks, but he seems so, um, like, I don't just something about listening to him talk. He's not He's not like a – I know he's a young guy, but he's not like – kind of the old stubborn coach that has his way right like he seems like he's an adaptable guy that is gonna be thinking out of the box I already like the fact that they're gonna be doing a lot more stuff out of the pocket that's where Baker's gonna be at his best on the move I think their offensive line is gonna be better than we think it will I think Tristan Wirfs is gonna be I still think he's gonna be a Pro Bowl left tackle this year I think Gadecki over at right tackle is gonna be a, a natural fit for him and I think they're good enough in the middle another year at center for Robert Hainsey um I think they're going to be pretty good uh, across the board on the offensive line, solid mm. enough. Um, but, yeah, run game's going to be big. Can they open up those holes and let Rashad White do his thing? That'll be key. But I got the Bucks too. I hope you're right that the offensive line is, is better than I think it is. Okay, uh, where am I? Number, Number one. Number one. 
No, I didn't do two yet. Oh, Although okay. you figured it out. It's the Falcons. Um, why the Falcons? Again, I don't know. This is the NFC South. But here, and you brought it up earlier, Desmond Ritter. I don't know if we know what they've got in him. Yeah. I think they've got, for some reason, they've got a ton of faith in him. They're riding with him. I like the weapons they put around him. The Bijan Robinson pick, he's going to have a huge rookie season. This guy, he watched him at Texas. He can catch the ball. He's got a different gear. He's explosive. He can plow over guys. He's got a great combination of speed and power. So they're going to wear him out. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you hope he's healthy. I believe he is uh, going into the season. And uh, who's uh, Drake London. Yeah. So weapons to go to. And I have faith in Arthur Smith uh, as a play caller. I think he's one of the better, or certainly in this division, one of the better play callers. And did they make enough upgrades on defense? I think so. And free agency. Um, yeah. They brought a lot of guys in. They brought a lot of guys in. So I, I'm going to give them, Vegas has them at eight and a half wins. And I think they get nine. I think they get nine wins. And All right. We're in agreement with our number one team in the NFC South yeah. this year. Uh, as loosely as we hold on to that, it's going to be the Derek Carr-led Saints. Um, you know, this is obviously, for me, it comes down to is Michael Thomas back and healthy? Does he look? He's not, He may not be Michael Thomas of old, but is he good enough? But I love Chris Olave. I love the acquisition of Jamal Williams in their backfield. Um, I've always been a fan of him. You know, if, if Alvin Kamara comes off of the suspension for the first three games and can add into that mix, I mean, he's such a weapon. Um they miss a lot of pass rush up front. I mean, they, yeah. they offloaded a lot of guys that were playmakers last year for this team, but you still got Cam Jordan up front, one of the best, you know, edge rushers in the league. Um, you got in the back end, I think one of the, the better defensive backfields as well. You got Tyron Matthew, you got Marshawn Lattimore. So they have, I think, enough good pieces. And this is, I think their identity is, is, a, is a defensive identity in, anyway. But you get that upgrade offensively. Can they start to bring back some of those Drew Brees-esque numbers with a guy that knows how to sling it like a Derek Carr? Yeah. You know, this is my pick because it is a quarterback-driven league and, and of the QBs in this division, I think I trust him the most. Uh, I, I like Derek Carr. I believe he can get it done. I think Dennis Allen will make sure the defense is better. I did like they got a good, uh, what was his, uh, from Clemson. Uh, in the first round, Brian Brzee, good defensive tackle there. Uh, yeah, so that's really the question. Can they get back to disrupting the quarterback like, you know, the Saint, what the Saints' identity has been for quite some time? I think they can, and I think in that division they get to 10 wins. They've got themselves a playoff spot. I, I, here's my last prediction for this, for this division. I, I think that the last-place team and the first-place team are separated by four wins. I think it'll be close. Yeah. I think it'll be muddy, and uh, I do think it'll be an overall upgrade for the division. But I think you were right; you've hit on it that you know it's this is a really unknown division in football. But that wraps up our NFL preview. You should now be able to place your bets accordingly <laughs> and uh, and be ready to roll. Call your book. All right, are we ready to hang ten? Yeah, this is, do this? this is pretty incredible. We had a chance. Um, a lot of our interviews are over Zoom or technology in some form. Uh, Andrew Cotton, Cotty, big wave surfer, legendary uh, partner of Garrett McNamara, who's probably the biggest name in big wave surfing, happened to be in the Tampa, St. Pete area a couple weeks ago and was kind enough to kick off his uh, flip-flops and walk into the studio with us and sit down. So without further ado, let's dive into the search for the 100-foot wave. 
Well, he is one of the stars of the Emmy-winning HBO docuseries 100-Foot Wave. He hails from England, but you can usually find him on the coast of Portugal, Ireland, Australia, or wherever you find the ocean looking its absolute angriest. He is professional big wave surfer and all-around nice guy, Andrew Cotton. Andrew, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. On the Nod Pod. Uh, Cotty, can I call you, you Cotty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call me whatever. I'm easy, yeah. We're at that level of our relationship yeah. now. Okay. You know, I was thinking while you're in Florida, you might just want to go by AC because everyone in Florida this time of year loves AC. Yeah, it's, it's been hot, eh? It's our best yeah. friend, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how, how are you dealing with the, the heat while you're in town here? Um, we're getting used to it. I've actually been around been, a, been around for like the last um, few weeks, so yeah, getting getting used to it. But yeah, it's been hot. The last few days have been crazy hot, I think. Get, yeah, it's even, even unusual for us, so we don't want you to judge us by this, okay? Right. So please come back. Uh, <laughs> December's nice, but you're busy then. Yeah. Uh, I've watched enough of 100-foot wave on, on HBO to know that it's not big wave season in Nazare, Portugal right now. So so what are you up to now? Um, so, so yeah, the, the big wave season rolls from like uh, October through to march april um so this is my sort of downtime i've been really fortunate enough to um i came over at beginning of um or the end of july um i came over for a surface for autism event which uh woody's was um support um so i came over and joined him with that um then i had a little surf trip uh my my son and my girlfriend justine popped over we went to nicaragua went surfing quickly uh, well, for 10 days. Uh, <laughs> That's a quick surf for <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. 10 days. <laughs> uh, and then we came back, uh, been in Florida for about another week. Um, and we're just, I'm just doing some stuff, more stuff with with, the, with Woody's and uh, with Mont Cush. So. And, and let me just elaborate for people right there. Woody's Wash Shack is a St. Petersburg-based company. I, a lot of people go here to get their cars washed, but it's one of your sponsors. And that's why uh, that brings you back to the Tampa Bay area quite often. Well, your sponsors are so important to what you do. As I've learned watching the series uh, 100 Foot Wave, this is an expensive passion that you guys chase. You're, you're flying all over the world to try to catch these monster waves. So so you need sponsors for that. But let's fill people in uh, who haven't seen the series or aren't familiar with big wave surfing. Um, to, to people like me, all waves look pretty big, right? But, but you guys surf waves that are generally between 30 to 80 feet, something like that. Is yeah, that right? like um, I think the really exciting thing about um, big wave surfing is that um, it's just it's always it's just continuous, you know, because obviously waves are generated by the by the storms or the hurricanes, and and so you just kind of never really know when the next big wave and is coming and and how big it's going to be. So right. it kind of yeah, it's kind of, you kind of feel like you're never done. It's not like um, climbing. Everest and you know you, you've done it and Everest like, isn't okay. going to keep growing yeah, right? yeah, yeah 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 you know like um so so I think that's the exciting thing um which kind of keeps you on your toes and and like looking looking to forward which is which is exciting well to to outsiders it looks insane it looks just like humans shouldn't be doing this <laughs> for people at home or listening in their car wherever they are um and if your car, if you're in your car, don't Google this while you're driving, but just just Google Nazare Portugal big wave surfing, or go to Cadi's Instagram and look at some of these images. These are waves where you know this isn't surfing where you can paddle out to the wave with your arms on your board. You guys have a partner that's on a jet ski that tows you into up the side of these huge mountainous waves, and and you're holding on to a rope like we have with water skiing here. Yeah. And you're releasing hopefully at the right time. 
to catch the wave. Uh, and you're going so fast. I think in one of the episodes, you, you, you were flying down one of these Nazareth waves at, what, 75 kilometers an hour? It's 75, yeah, 70, yeah in the, between 70 and 80 kilometers an hour, as you can begin. So uh, as, um, as waves get bigger, they travel faster. So there becomes a point where it's almost, and I'm going to say like, there becomes a point because um, like everything's like, everything moves. So so what people think is maybe not possible today might be possible next season. So, you know, but there comes a point where it's harder, harder to paddle into these waves using your own hands. Right. Um, so we use jet skis to, to assist us and place us in, in the right part of the wave. Um, and then we also have like a, a safety team, which also use jet skis as well. Yeah, because Actually, d- driving driving the skis is, to be honest, like sometimes I feel that the the surfing part is sometimes the easiest easiest part. It's the jet skis and the drivers and the safety guys, which they're kind of like the unsung heroes. You know, like it's it's really really scary driving a jet ski in it, waves that big. It looks terrifying, and yeah. we saw in the series some some horrible injuries to the jet ski operators and yeah. you guys, the surfers too. But it is incredibly. Um, it, the person has to be very skilled and very experienced. But describe for us mortals what that feels like. Those of us who will never go go down a, a wave at seventy five, and let's <laughs> translate this translate this to, to miles per hour, 45, 46 miles an hour. Yeah. All this energy that is beneath you and behind you, I, I guess the best comparison I could think of is um, downhill snow skiing with an avalanche uh, coming behind. Because you don't really know what this wave, I mean, sometimes you do, but you don't always know what this wave is going to do behind no, you. Yeah, like every wave is different. Um, and that's in particular, Nazare is very like unpredictable. Um, so there is a huge element of the unknown. You know, like as soon as you let go of that rope and you start going down, like you, you know, you, you can use your experience and your knowledge to, to have a, an idea. But there is, you know, it's the ocean, you know, it's uh, you really are in the hands of Mother Nature. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of what draws us to it, you know, like that. Um, and it is, although that it is very noisy and chaotic, there's also a, a feeling of you know, silence and peace in that as well. Does it feel like you're, uh, to us watching on TV, it looks like your ride is lasting, if it's a good one, you know, seven, eight, ten seconds, but does it feel prolonged to you when you're on that wave? Does it feel like it, does time slow down up Yeah, there? it is. It's almost like, um, I'd probably describe it as like a meditation, you know, like, um, and, and you know when you get in that, I don't know if you meditate or not, but, um, you know when you get into that real zone of meditation where like things like slow down and and you, you don't know whether it's been like one second or 10 minutes or an hour and 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 yeah you can you get to that point not very often like but in the really special rides like that's the point you hit and i think that for me is the thing that brings you back to want to do it again trying to hit that zone you know like um and and that that zone is is probably like i think that's the zone I've been chasing since I was like first started surfing at eight eight years old. I think that's what I've th- that's the first feeling that I can remember having when I was surfing. I was learning to surf at my home beach in Devon, and 
And, and I think that's the feeling you sort of chase all, all through your life. Still it? chasing it. Yeah. Uh, we can't talk about you without talking about Garrett McNamara, legendary yeah. big wave surfer. 100-foot wave, in the beginning especially, large, largely focuses on Garrett and how he discovered these titanic waves at Nazare. Uh, he needed a tow partner. We talked about that. He needed someone who could operate a jet ski, could could help him conquer these waves and he knew what you were doing up there off the coast of Ireland mm -hmm. you come down and you guys um eventually I think it was 2011 you tow him onto what was deemed to be the world's tallest wave ever surfed at that time 78 feet um and then that image went viral and then 10 years later Nazare is covered yes. up in the winter surf mecca these tournaments are being held <laughs> do you sometimes wish you had kept you and Garrett had kept Nazare a secret <laughs> um yeah, it's, it's, you know, like, to, to be honest, like, um, you know, Garrett came to, to Portugal. It was actually, it was a tourism thing. Like, the city uh, the city of Nazare were trying to, like, get the, the, the um, you know, trying to promote the, promote the town. And they knew that the wave was special, but they didn't know how big it was or, or how good it was. They, they lured Garrett in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they got him in there. The Garrett, Garrett was um, up against it because... He just needed someone who could do do safety and, and a team around him. Um, I definitely wasn't uh, good enough to do that, but somehow he trusted me and and very much he he taught me along the way. Um, it was pretty pretty inspiring, like because at that point I was still I was um, sort of a wannabe professional surfer and uh, I was actually plumbing part time um, in my hometown and lifeguarding and and. Um, and he he taught me a lot of stuff about you know like setting goals and being focused and he had this sort of um his saying you know like every time we surfed and we trained um like every day was 100 foot like that was his sort of thing you know like it doesn't matter if it's two foot 10 foot you know every day is 100 foot so you've got to be on point you've got to be super safe you know you can't go missing pickups or rescues and you can't go put me on the wrong wave or you know it was like it was intense it was tense he does really seem intense. like a very intense yeah uh, it was not it was really gnarly but like it was a really good learning process and um and i feel like just in those first couple of years um i went from you know my my sort of yeah i i felt my my skill set just went through the roof you, know, you like, did become professional yeah uh and by by season two of the series garrett has kind of transitioned to a different kind of phase of his life with family and everything but he's made it his sole focus to put you on the biggest wave out there and I was kind of looking for a comparison that might resonate with American sports fans and, and what I came up with is this is like Tiger Woods saying you know what I, I've won the Masters a couple times I want to help my friend Rory McIlroy so I'm going to caddy for Rory is that is that fair is that is that what it's like having Garrett in your uh, corner yeah no definitely yeah you know like um he he's definitely got me like in, even in like quite early on in my in my career, um, he he got me one of my biggest waves in like 2014, um, uh, and but you know even even like in 2020 he got me another couple crazy waves and but he, he's Garrett Garrett's funny like some years he he's definitely doesn't want to surf as much um, but even like last year he, he he decided for some reason like he was more keen to surf. And um and he got some amazing ways last year. Yeah, um, and, and he was still surfing really good. Like he was moving really, really well. So I think Garrett's like fifty five. It's incredible what he does. And, in he, his 50s. and he's ripping. He yeah. was surfing really good. So. That's awesome.
Uh, so you mentioned that big one you caught in 2014. Have, have you measured what is your biggest wave so far? Or uh, is that kind of... I don't know. It's always up for grabs. Like, you know, it's so debatable and um, it's... Yeah, it's a, it's always well, a come tough on, one. throw a number out there. Give us I, an estimate. I, like I don't know, like like personally, like I do it by like big, bigger, massive. I don't know. I've I've caught a, a few massive waves which were probably in the you know eighteen ninety feet zone. You know, well, who, wow. who knows? I don't know. You know, well, where is the record now, or the, what Guinness recognizes well, the, as so the, the record? So the world record now is it was uh, Rodrigo Kosher, uh-huh. uh, who's a Brazilian, and I think it was like eighty five feet, and then. Uh, a guy called Sebastian Strudno is German. Um, they measured a wave of his, which in 2020, which was like a foot bigger or something, like like 86 feet or something. Oh my goodness! So, but they're crazy, yeah. But the the thing is, like on on those big days, there's like now, like in 2011 and 2014, like we were the only guys there, so there wasn't many waves ridden. <clears throat> so yeah, so so back then, like. So it was easy to say, okay, like Garrett got the biggest wave that day because it was only Garrett was surfing, you know, like, right. so there's yeah. no, like... No competition. Yeah, no yeah. competition. Yeah. And even in 2014, you know, like when I got my crazy wave, like, um, you know, there was no, we, I think there was one wave surf that day and it was Garrett put me into that wave and that was it. Uh, but 2020, like, there is, like, a lot of hungry young kids surfing. There's hundreds of waves ridden that day. And it's, I'd say it's almost impossible to just single out one wave. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's nuts, it's nuts. Like there's so many, now there's so many good big wave surfers and, and guys that are super hungry. And I kind of, it kind of shows that in the, in the in the hundred foot wave, you know, like all the it kids does. coming through, and yeah, well, it's kind um, of because of what you and Garrett created. I mean, these images are yeah. going viral, <laughs> and and now these who are already great professional competitive surfers, they're saying, you know what, I I could go tackle those monsters. And yeah, so for sure, it's really blown up. Um, is there a a season three coming? Uh, yeah, there is a season three coming. We we've shot a lot of it already. Um, we had an amazing season last year. Um. We spent time in obviously Nazare, which is where a lot of the the series is based. But I did a couple of trips to Ireland and um, and Cortez Bank and Hawaii, and we did a bit more traveling last year. Um, so yeah, it, it, there is a season three coming, and and just, I suppose it's just gonna keep rolling. We can't wait to see what that looks like. Uh, you're over here in Florida now, as we said. Do you when you fly into Tampa International and you look out at the uh, Gulf of Mexico that's a, as flat as a pancake. Does that make you a little sad? Are you are you knowing you're just not going to be able to catch any waves while you're uh, out here? Um, no. Nah. Do you know what? Like it's like we we have had a great morning this morning. We we did a shoot for Woody's this morning, and and we were just like e-foiling about and having a laugh. In e-foil, the ocean. E-foiling about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How do we e-foil about? Um, well, you need e foil to begin with, but. Um, uh, yeah, so we were e falling and, and it was really fun. And this uh, is one of those like it it it's like hovers, a hoverboard. Yeah, hovers yeah, yeah. above the water. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, it's just being in the ocean and being in the sea and being near the sea is, is what it's about really, you know. You're just gonna find a way to do something, to, to do something athletic which, and crazy and yeah. fun, no matter if it's big. If it's big on a board, if it's on a board, I'm all right. Yeah. Uh ever been bitten by a shark or anything in the water? Um have I been by a shark? Touch wood. Oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah, fake yeah. wood, though. Oh, so not hard. Oh, yeah. I use my head then. Oh. Um, uh, no. Okay. no. To be honest, like, Europe's, like, I'm sure there's 
sh- sharks there, but I've never seen a shark in, yeah. in a... Well, in I ask because we have a surfing community on the east coast of Florida, New Smyrna Beach, Cocoa Beach. Yeah, it gets uh, sharky, doesn't it? Yeah, shark, yeah, yeah. Good, good way to describe it, yeah. sharky. Uh, and we have, you know, New Smyrna is kind of known as the shark bite capital of the world because none of the, uh, well, very few of the bites are ever truly you know tr- no, yeah yeah fatal awful uh, yeah. um but you know they're they're out there so uh and if my uh partner scott smith were here this would trigger him he has a yeah. he has a he assumes that sharks are out to get us at all times so i'm glad he's not no, here no he no be- it's actually it's funny actually this morning we were on st pete beach and um justine was in the water having a little swim around and and uh we i did actually think or noelle thought there was a shark about to get her but it was a massive manatee there you go yeah Yeah. we've got the manatees you don't have to worry about the gentle sea cows taking (laughs) a a bite out of your calf muscle that's for sure (laughs) well you you know we kind of end with this um and you started with this you you like uh, your partnership with Woody's Wash Shack because of what they do for surfers with autism. Yeah. Surfers for autism. I'm yeah. sorry, and that you've been in town. I saw you a few months back at an event for surfers for autism here. Why why is that important to you? Um, do you know, it's actually I've done a few like giving giving back and and you know getting people in the water and seeing like actually getting people like catching a few waves and just like it's it's life changing. You know like. Yeah. And and that feeling of the energy, um and just being able to share that with anyone, um, is you know, I feel really lucky to be able to do that, you know, and, and pass on my passion and 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 do it safely and I think like those organizations are, are really important, you know, to get to get people in the ocean. Um and yeah surfing well you you you're good with children obviously and you mentioned your son ace earlier uh we see a little of him in the series i'm just spinning this forward to maybe 10 years from now we're watching hbo revisit this and it's uh, ace cotton and beryl (laughs) mcnamara breaking world records on biggest waves is that do you think that's possible in the future (laughs) um possibly yeah i don't know i don't know if ace would be too too into that or not um (laughs) But yeah, but yeah, I think Bar- Barrel's surfing really good at the moment. Um, I think he has we'll no see. choice, right? Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, Gar- <laughs> Gar- yeah. Well, no, I don't know, yeah, but, but yeah. Well, but maybe, maybe, maybe that would be the that would be season. I don't know, twenty five, maybe. Yeah, let's yeah. keep it going. It's a great <laughs> series, and we appreciate you coming back to the Tampa Bay area every time you can, and and sharing the love of surfing with with local children, with adults alike, and and e foiling too. So, yeah. thank you for your time, Cody. Uh, no, great th- to spend this with you, and best of luck on. That 100-foot wave, it's out there somewhere, right? Yeah, no, we'll get get bigger for sure. Okay, they're they're getting bigger. The ocean's getting angrier. He is Andrew Cotton, professional big wave surfer, star of 100-foot wave, and a very generous guy. That was a fun chat, Chris. Scott, uh, one thing I want to add to that is there will be a third season of 100-foot wave on HBO Max at some point because they tried to bring an HBO camera into our studio here to record footage of us doing the interview. And so we, you're going to be on? No, we shut them down. We said, this is a closed studio, <laughs> HBO, keep your dirty cameras out of here. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, but no, thanks to Andrew for all of his time there. What an interesting dude. Um, and I hope he finds that 100-foot wave. Yeah. I know it's out there somewhere. Um, one episode in season two features uh, your neck of the woods, I believe. Have you ever, well, first of all, have you ever surfed? I have not surfed. Uh, I, I grew up, my stepdad surfed, and um, I always wanted to go with him but then the the morning would arrive when he was heading out and i would always chicken out they go so, early these guys they get yeah. up at like five yeah, yeah. i i just it's 
I have a fear of sharks, as you might yes, well know. Yes, you do. And I just can't. I've, I feel so helpless in the water, and especially on the West Coast, man. I'm telling you, there's some great whites out there, especially, like, where I'm from, like, those those cold Pacific waters. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm good, man. Well, there's a town, uh, I think, in the San Francisco area, Half Moon Bay. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's where the legendary Mavericks, it's uh, yeah. a break that occurs every year, mm -hmm. and surfers like Andrew come from all over to, yeah. to surf those guys there yeah it's a big event he's never been bitten by a shark i asked him he is he spent he has spent more than three quarters of his life in the water scott and has never been bitten by a shark well i think uh, sharks can smell confidence and <laughs> that in the water i certainly do not have so uh let's bring bk in bk i like it we, we something a little bit off the grid dive into the waters and i understand now we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the waters uh, and check yeah. our surfing terminology yes what we'll do is just come up with definitions i'll give you the definition and put up the three words and one of these words is the actual surfing term okay of it so we'll just jump right into it if we will and this is a verb it means getting rolled around underwater by a breaking wave. Is that being washing, washing machined, blendered, or tumbleweeded? Uh, I've, I've been in waves where I've felt this, so I'm gonna go washing machined. I believe that that's what these guys say in, in the series that I've watched recently. They say they've been washing machines, so I'm going with washing machine too. Kato's got an unfair advantage. <laughs> I like, I like blendered, though. Blendered is awesome. Th it? I think that's if you get shoved against the rocks. You get yeah. blendered. I think tumbleweed is that uh, oceanfront property in Arizona. <laughs> tumbleweed, yeah. 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 Okay, next one. This is a noun. It's a person who buys a surfboard and surf clothing but does not surf. Is that a surf fashionista? <laughs> that's a fine term. Uh, uh, Quimby or Shuby? Uh, I'll go, I have no idea, but I'll go Shuby. Yeah, I, this was not in 100 foot wave. It's kind of like newbie. This, I'm going to go Shuby as well. Like you're showing, but. Yeah. Man, two for two. Shuby. Yeah. Man, I thought these were better than. Right what? on. It's kind of okay. like, yeah, like me wearing flannel today. <laughs> Such a Shuby, bro. This is for us, Scott. What do surfers call any type of sharks? Snackosaurus, men in gray suits, or great white clowns? <laughs> 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 well, I would call them snackosauruses, but uh, uh, let's go men in gray suits. Um, this was also not in 100 foot wave, so I'm guessing here. Um, let's go great white clowns just for fun. Thanks, Cato. It is men in gray, <laughs> gray suits. God, you're welcome. Yeah, I think uh, that's yeah. a clumsy term for sharks. I mean, you're going men in gray suits, bro. Yeah. yeah. Okay, next one up. It's a long read here. Uh, it's a noun when surfer is wiped out and sinking below the surface and their surfboard is bobbing up and down, connected to them through a leash. This is called the underwater tango, board bungee, or tombstoning. Oh, I, I like all of those, uh, but I'm going to go tombstoning. I can see how the board pops up and that's what you got. Yep, tombstoning. Boys, tombstoning it is. Nailing Holy it. smokes. Right, is, is hanging 10 going to be on this? Yeah. Uh, hanging 10 is not, but there were some terms that I thought about putting on there, but... Probably could. Not, not appropriate for not TV. Appropriate. Do you have one more for, for our... Just Got two a, more. Okay. All right. A surfer that is not cool, untalented, and a rookie. Is this Fred, Barney, or Scott? Scott! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a Barney. Give me a Barney. 
Uh, I wanted to take Barney. I want to go. I want to go Scott. Please okay. let it be Scott. <laughs> it is Barney. Uh, <laughs> this guy has gotten all of these right. This guy who are these in the prompter? How we? Well, Man. it makes sense because in one episode of the Flintstones, uh, Fred was good at surfing, and really, Bar yeah, and Barney was was not. No kidding. Fred Barney. And good Wilma. knowledge there. Okay, last one here. This is a noun. It is a non soft, non-sufferable waves without any energy. Right? Called flatliners, <laughs> mushburgers, or Kato's. <laughs> soft and non-surfable. Should I intentionally take energy. a dive on this one? That's what my Tinder profile says. Soft <laughs> and non-surfable, no energy. Uh, I want to say Kato's, but I'm gonna go mushburgers. Mm. Well, Scott's been right every time, so I'll say <laughs> mushburgers too. Mushburgers. There you go. Yeah, that's what we have in the Gulf of Mexico, usually. That's Man, what, God, I'm yeah. impressed. Do Somebody watch the uh, shows. Yeah, no, no, we have you, just enough terminology to be dangerous now. I will say that we misused, be a out there. we misused the word gnarly, though. Oh, yeah? I learned that with uh, Andrew Cotton as well, yeah. Wait, what What was? What did it say at the top? Gnarly words? Uh, no, well, you're... How did we, miss, how did we well, misuse when it? When you say gnarly, how do you mean it? Like Gnarly is like nasty, right? Like a oh. nasty wave. But like how do you mean? How do you mean nasty? Like nasty good? Like or? it's, yeah. Like like a like. Uh, I don't think it's bad or good, but it's like, a, like a beast of a wave. Yeah. Like okay. Huge. No, right. you're, you're using it right. I always thought it was like good. Like I thought gnarly was a positive, but it's not. Hmm. Yeah. I misspelled gnarly originally, so I had to go back and fix it this morning. Mm, that shows you the uh, gnarly. Gnar well, was, I now if you'll pay. be a total shooby if you if you say gnarly gnarly. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, guys, gnarly wave. Yeah, go get machine washed. That's very good. Good job, guys. <laughs> Thanks, BK. Um, before we let you go, um, he's gone. We actually, we actually have one more thing. Um, because last Whoa. week we missed a, a huge, a significant date, and I feel Wait. like it's only appropriate that we circle back around on this week's episode. Your birthday was last Friday. It was. Okay, yeah. we're bringing everybody in. You Everybody's are, uh, singing. Look at this. You're ridiculous. Look at this. You should not have done this. This is dumb. Why are you doing this? Wow. Everybody's coming oh, in. Look at this. Wow. Um, how many How many years young did you turn, Chris? Uh, well, let's see. There are three candles on there, so there I think go. I'm 30. 30 one, one, for each decade. one for each decade. Yeah. I got um, your favorite kind. It was the cheapest at Publix. That's, so. that's my go-to. Anyway. Butter, buttercream, icing? Is. Indeed. Uh, yeah, that's Indeed. all I need. All I eat is the icing anyway. Well, a happy wow. birthday. Uh, is it okay to cry on a podcast? Can the, can, no. can the listening audience tell that my tears are hitting the microphone here? Please, please don't. We have a reputation drip, to uphold. Drip. Anyway. Well, I'm going to celebrate like I do every birthday. I'm taking this shirt off. Yeah, baby. <laughs> birthday suit well. time. Birthday suit. And dancing. No, right. thank you. Uh, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know what to say. This was, uh, you know, un my I went home to Alabama over the weekend, and they didn't do anything this nice for me. Aww. Anything this nice. So thank you, guys. Thank uh, you. You're incredible. And thank you for keeping thank your you. shirt on. And, yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. All right. While you dig into that, let me point people to where they can find the show. Full-length episodes of this here podcast. Head to fox13news.com slash notpod. QR code on the screen. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify get us every week in audio form. I'm making a wish. Can oh, yeah? I tell you what it, should I tell you what my wish is? Okay, it's for this podcast to never end. Oh. Now that won't come true. Well, your part in it though. It, it will <laughs> Very good. I thought it was going to be another Al Alabama <laughs> National Championship. 
Anyway, happy birthday to Chris Cato. Much thanks to our guest, Andrew Cotton. And you can check out 100 Foot Wave on HBO Max. Uh, thanks to our crew and all of our birthday surprisers. Until the next time we are on, there are no off days. That was awesome. Great speech, that was, that was, that was too That was really cool. That was totally a surprise. Yeah.